When you become a widow, the heartache can be overwhelming. You feel lost, you feel broken, you feel alone, and sometimes you feel like the pain will never go away. I believe that every widow has the capacity to endure, the power to overcome, and the determination to create a new life filled with meaning and purpose. That's why I wanted to create a show called Widow 180. People tell me they come here for the positivity. They listen to Widow 180, the podcast, to be inspired. They come to Widow 180 to be reminded that they have options, that the pain of loss is not a life sentence. Widow 180 is about turning tragedy, loss, and fear into strength, creativity, and a new passion for life. My mission each week is to arm you with these powerful stories of transformation and knowledge so that you can navigate life after loss. I'm Jen Zwink. I'm so glad you're listening. Let's get to the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by the new Widow 180 course, Dating After Loss, a four-step wish program for widows and widowers looking to find love again. This is a one-of-a-kind program, a complete roadmap to help widows put themselves back out there in the dating scene. When we think about dating again after losing a spouse, so many emotions come up, so many fears, and we have no idea where to even start. We have to prepare our hearts and our minds for dating again. I will show you how to overcome all of the roadblocks that are stopping you. I'll show you where to find the good guys. I'll show you how to write the perfect online dating profile. We actually wrote some for you. And I'll show you how to present the best, most confident version of you to potential partners. If you've been out of the dating game for a while, you know a lot has changed. I want to show you the ins and outs of modern dating. If you're ready for love in your life again, I encourage you to check out the course. Go to www.widow180.com forward slash courses. That's www.widow180.com forward slash courses. It's your turn to have love and companionship and joy in your life again. Hello, podcast listeners. I am so glad you're listening to this episode. I have the privilege of talking to Julie Van Dingenen today and she has taken her experience with loss and found a new passion and a new purpose and started a new company called Lovingly Box. And I'm so excited to hear her story and the path that's taken her to where she is today. Thank you, Julie, for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Jen, for having me and for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> uh, well, um, I do want to get started and just ask, how did you meet Louie? So we met uh, when I was, I think I was 18. I just turned 18 or 17 at the end. Anyway, we met in high school. Okay. Um, we were high school sweethearts. So um, first real, very serious boyfriend, let's say. Um, yeah, that's kind of how we met. We stuck together through the uh, university years and uh, first jobs and, you know, the. but yeah, so we met pretty young. Um, oh, wow. And then okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you had both started careers, you were working and getting busy starting with life, really. Yeah. And then, yeah. So yes. Yeah. No, and so what happened with Louis as far as his, um, his diagnosis? What happened with that? When was that? Yeah. So, um, we had uh, moved to Ireland, so we met in France, and we kind of were studying. And he he was French, um, and then we moved to Ireland when we were about twenty four, I think, um, and we were working here. So I was work. We were both working in IT. Uh, I was working at Google, and he was working at another very big IT company. And basically, he was uh, diagnosed uh, with cancer. Um, when he was 26 years old and I was 26 years old as well. So we had been living here for two years um, and it was really, really rough because I mean, I think any cancer diagnosis is probably really rough, but then when you're 26 and, uh, um, and, uh, and when they tell you that it's, it's not looking good. Um, it was really rough. Like we were looking to buy a, a, an apartment or a house in Dublin. We were, you know, planning to get married because um, we'd been together for about eight years at that time then. Yeah. So it was really rough. Like the whole future kind of, you know, 
um, like became a big question mark, like, what? Well, okay, what's happening now? Um, so yeah, so we moved back to France when we when he was diagnosed, um, just to be closer to our family. So my family lived there and his family lived there. So we kind of left Ireland then when I was uh, 26 and he was 26. Yeah. Okay. What type of cancer was it? It was a stomach cancer. Um, yeah. Okay. There are very little symptoms, um, but very aggressive. Like, I think, sadly, from what I've read and understood, and I don't know, I feel like if you're ever caring for someone who has cancer, you know just as much <laughs> as the doctors do because you're just constantly reading up on anything. Yeah. Or maybe not just as much. No, obviously, I didn't know just as much. But I knew quite a bit. Um, and obviously, from what I understood, the percentage of, uh, you know, survival was quite low. But also the um, the younger you are, often the more aggressive a cancer is or, or this one was anyway. So it was, uh, yeah, it was not the it was not the good kind. Not that there is a good kind, but this one was definitely not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he pretty much started treatment right away. You moved back to France right when you moved back. Yeah, so we had one, uh, took a few weeks just to, you know, gauge how far it was and um, what the best treatment plan would be. And then, um, yeah, we did kind of start almost straight away. Yeah, I think maybe three weeks after his diagnosis, which felt so long, like it was three weeks, but it felt like years, you know, because you kind of want to just get going and yeah. try to get working on it. But you do have to see like, what's the best yeah, what's the best treatment option? Is it operable? Is it not? Um, is it um, immunotherapy or is it chemo or is it, you know, what what should we do? So, yeah, yeah. it took about three weeks, I think, from, from my memory. It, it's all kind of a big blur, you know, like the months after the diagnosis and then that whole period is a bit of a blur. But I think it was about three weeks, but I knew it, it felt like forever. So you became a caregiver at 26. You were 26. 26. Also yeah 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 26 um 26 uh yeah we moved back to france and um well he was he didn't to be honest he was so strong and like he didn't he was really really good all the way until and you know the end so i was his caregiver but it was more like you know i was more doing cooking and stuff like he he was quite um how do i say um like he could kind of care for himself quite a bit. Like I didn't really need to, but I, I was, I think mentally is, is the biggest uh, impact, right? Like it wasn't just physically, um, but it was also mentally. I did also lose quite a bit of weight when I was his caregiving because I feel like you go through the motion so much with the person that you're caring for. Like, you know, if they don't eat, you don't eat. If they don't sleep, you don't sleep. If uh, things like that. So I did, um, I did feel it a bit as well on my physical health, but it's mainly um, mentally and emotionally. It was a, it was a really, really hard time. But like I said, he was so strong. And um, yeah. again, mentally and, and, and physically, he was actually a very strong person. So it was, it was definitely like an honor. And um, it was a, a very rough time, but it was, um, yeah, we were kind of in it together. So I feel like he was almost caring for me as much as I was caring for him, you know, being very understanding of my emotions and stuff like that, even though I was trying to be very strong for him as well. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's you're, a, trying it's not to, easy. you're trying yeah. to really care for each other and lift each other up at that point. Yeah. Cause I'm sure he's yeah, you are. worried yeah. about you, you know, he's worried about you. You're worried about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he was worried about me. Yeah. I think we both kind of knew, or I, I don't I don't know like it's really hard to say we never actually talked about it but we both like I think kind of expected um, what might happen not that fast he passed away six months after his diagnosis so it went very fast oh. um, but I think we both kind of expected that like I would p probably outlive him um, I didn't hope I would because it, it sucks but yeah. yeah I guess we both. Yeah, but we never really talked about it. So I think we were both very much in, in the fighting mode uh, yeah. for the whole time. I mean, he was 26. I was 26. Like, he would never. Yeah. You would fight. You would have hope, you know. Like, you would be strong. So I right. guess that's the, the mindset we were in. But then when he did pass away, I was, I was, I was very much no, not, not, not anymore in a fighting mode. <laughs> I was very yeah. tired. Yeah. Um, 
One of my questions to you was as far as advice or words of encouragement um, to, to caregivers, because we do have a lot of our listeners that are going through that stage right now um, that listen to the podcast. Um, is, there, is there anything that you feel like you could share with them or advice or encouraging words to help them get through this really difficult stage right now? I would like to invite you to get our latest freebie designed just for you. How to get your life back together after loss, a 10-step checklist. After countless hours of research, interviewing hundreds of widows, and through my own experience with grief, I have compiled this list of the 10 steps you need to take to put your life back together after losing a loved one. It's normal to feel overwhelmed and also normal to not know where to start when it comes to picking up the pieces of your shattered world. Here's where you start. You can get this free 10-step checklist at www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. That's www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. Yeah. um, Well, I think the first thing is, like I said, I I also, I was not in a very good um, place, like physically or um, like, because I was, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is something other people do but I was very much um kind of uh uh, mirroring how like what he did and how he felt um because I don't know like because because I was so close to him all the time like very much 24 7 um anything they would tell him like I took it like they were telling me that you know so I think maybe um yeah, I don't know if it's, I'm, I mean, I think it's impossible when you're so deep in, but try to disconnect yourself from mm-hmm. um, the other person in a way. And, and you know, you're their caregiving giver, but also make sure that you care for yourself, your, um, you know, your health. Um, try to try to eat as much as you can, um, you know, get some forces, some strength. Um, what I did a lot and I kind of do regret it is I was like, I was looking up all sorts of treatment plants uh, and like uh, I, we changed our diet completely, you know, cause you see yeah. so many things online, like, Oh, start juicing. So I was juicing like, you know, so much every day and I'm happy I did all that, but I think it's okay as well. If, um, if you want to have like a big steak or like pasta or whatever, like, that's totally fine as well. Um, and then, yeah, take time to care for yourself. I, I I got a friend who sent me like a massage voucher during those six months. And I, I took like a one hour off to just get a massage, like a, an hour out of my daily routine and just get away from it. And I remember that I just felt so, I don't know if it's like re-energized, but I felt so much better just after that one hour just for myself. Um, so I think that's really important. And speak to, I know it's really hard to speak to your um partner who is going through um cancer treatments and everything but you can also speak to someone like definitely find someone who can who you can trust like can be a friend or your parents or a therapist um to just share whatever is um very heavy on your heart because i know it's hard to share with the person who is sick because there's maybe certain things you don't want to share that much like i said like fears like about the end and the life after but I do think like I really had to get that off my chest sometimes. Um, I'm mainly confined in like my my family uh, and some of my friends. But um, yeah, I think that's really important because, th- yeah, there were some things that I just didn't want to talk with Louis about because I didn't want to appear, you know, in a negative space. Because also you hear everyone saying like, oh, stay positive and like positivity is the best medicine. But yeah. so I don't know. It's also, oh yeah, maybe that's a good one as well. Like, it's also okay if you like, you know, I think you can share some things with your partner who's going through a a treatment. Like, you know, you can be maybe angry together or sad together or whatever. We were very trying to be very positive, but I think it's okay if you feel shit because it is a shit period. Um, It's not, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the worst thing in the world. Like I, 
I know sometimes like I smile, but I think it's like a coping mechanism when I talk about it. Um, it's really rough and I'm just really sorry you're going through it. But yeah, yeah, I think it's also the, the, the most, I don't know if it's connecting, but I've never felt more um, connected and like loving towards one another, you know, than when you're actually going through that. Like you're just very much, you yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah, it's very, yeah. You're, you're it's very it. hard, but it is, you feel so much love. You feel you're so in it together a hundred percent and you're doing whatever you can, but I can see what you're saying about like, you're trying to be positive and you're trying to keep that high energy up. Like it's going to be okay, but you know, you can be pissed off together too. Cause yeah, <laughs> they're probably feeling all of that as well. You know, they are, they're, they're pissed off. They're angry and they're sad and they're scared, all of those things. And they probably don't want to say that to you because they don't want to scare you, you know? So yeah, exactly. And vice versa. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's not a topic you talk about no. that much. Um, but again, I think it's normal that we're like, you're in fighting mode. Just, just make sure that if you are in fighting mode and in like a positive mindset or you're trying to be anyway, um, that you do take some, some time, maybe once a week or once a month to be very real or just very much just care for yourself for, for an hour um, and get a massage or eat a big pizza or whatever. Like, yes, just do something really <laughs> just pizza. for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a good idea. <laughs> so you did say, okay, so uh, when, when did Louis pass that? What year was that? Uh, 2017, August. August of 2017. Okay. And you had your family around, so you were able to have that support. Um, and did, but did you have any, anybody else, any other like grief support groups or anybody else, um, that you kind of sought out right away or felt like you needed to even, or. Oh yeah. I I definitely felt like I needed to, but I was just I was so, I was so drained. It it took me, it took me, um, I think a month, you know, to just get my strength back to say like, okay, I need to now, you know, move, move out of this bed. Like I was just like, I think a lot of us widows are just like, you know, stuck to the bed. Like, what's the point? Um, but I was re I was really lucky to have, um, yeah, just moved back in with my parents. Um, I was really lucky to have, uh, my parents and yeah, my sister and my brother and some of my friends who were there in the in the first few weeks, um, and actually also some of Louise's family was also quite um, quite supportive. Um, so that was really helpful. And then um, afterwards, I did I did I honestly didn't know what my life looked like anymore. Um, I was still employed by Google, um, so I got um, I got quite a long leave. Um, I think like three months off, but <gasps> I was good. They did give me quite a bit of time. Three months, wow! It was unpaid, but yeah. <laughs> still, yeah, that's really good. Unpaid, yeah. No, they're actually really they're they're they they were really understanding and really good. I I can't fault them at all. They were very good. Um, but yeah, I think after that one month, um, I was like, okay, what do I do now during the month I already started raising some money for cancer research and, and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I don't know I was very much like what do I do like I, I don't know yeah. I just didn't know but so I did start um reaching out to people on Instagram because I thought it was very mm-hmm. um therapeutic for me to just write stuff off like I was posting quite a bit on my personal Instagram. I didn't care who saw, like my friends and family saw that I was feeling shit. I was like, okay, whatever I am. Yeah. Um, and I was very real. And I found a kind of like a community of, or a few other women on Instagram who were doing the same thing. Um, and I started connecting with them. Most of them were in the US. I think actually all of them. Okay. Um, very little in Europe um maybe it's maybe it's because i don't know maybe the people in the u.s were a bit more open about it Mm. than people in france or ireland i i don't know um but yeah i found quite a quite a um 
quite a few women um, similar age as me and similar situation as mine um, quite early in their loss as well. Mm-hmm. And they were such a big uh, support just because like I didn't I didn't really know who to share the very personal or negative things with like I could share with my family but I I I love them very much and I know that whenever you say something like very negative or very sad like obviously it's going to make them sad and I I didn't want that I don't want to make anyone sad I just wanted someone to understand or to listen you know yes so I felt like my the 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 girls I met on Instagram there it's not going to make them sad because they feel the same way you know so yeah. It's more like they're going to feel understood and vice versa. So I met some really, really amazing girls on there. I actually, um, a few months or yeah, a few months later, or a year later, I actually went to meet them. So one of them, we traveled uh, for like three weeks around the canyons in the U.S. together. And you then another did. one came to visit yeah 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 oh, it was cool really that cool. is yeah. awesome oh my god that's really yeah cool. we never met so i was just like okay i'm coming uh yes. <laughs> <see> how it, <laughs> goes. <laughs> it went really well it was really it was really good oh um, yeah we didn't really talk about loss that much but sometimes we did it was more like being around someone who yeah i think it was just nice that you you can bring it up and it's like you know, it's just this understanding that I think the, I don't know if like the widow community has more than, it's normal, like no one else goes through this except for us. Yeah. Luckily enough, they don't as early, but we do. So it's it's nice to meet someone who understands it. So yeah, so I met them face to face. So that was really helpful. Um, awesome. And I would really recommend anyone who's going through either caregiving or loss to find the community. When I was caregiving as well, by the way, I also was on these like Facebook pages for people who had the similar type of cancer as Louis did. Mm. And I met some people on there as well. And we could discuss, um, you know, either treatment plans, but also symptoms and stuff like that. Okay. What can you, um, yeah what's you know if you have side effects from this chemo like what 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 can what are you taking that can help like is there anything that can help um but also for me meeting other caregivers just to discuss again things that maybe I didn't want to discuss with Louis um I could talk with them about that so I think in any stage of your life it's important to find people who go through similar things and um yeah I found all those on social media I sadly didn't find any um like in in Ireland or in in France I've I've met a few now but in the early days I I wasn't able to so it was good it was I'm so grateful for Instagram and, and Facebook just for that that's I the main know. reason why I love, <laughs> I love social, social media, media yeah. I know to make these connections I mean yeah even in the caregiver stage, I didn't even think about that. But I mean, gosh, all of the things that you're yeah. going through in the, not just the emotional, but the, the physical things too, at that point, that's perfect for, you know, God, what a, what a great resource really, you know? Um, so when, is, did, yeah. when did you move back to Ireland? Or I how did you back- decide to do that? Oh, yeah. So I traveled for a bit, um, so I, yeah, like I, like I went to, to New Zealand for about a month because I, and I just realized like a few, I just wanted to be away from it all. But also, like I mentioned I early, uh, earlier, I, I'd raised a bit of money for cancer research mm-hmm. for the cancer that Louis had. And the only center, because um, it was very rare cancer, the only center kind of studying that was back in the days was based in New Zealand. So, and I'd been chatting with um, the head researcher there. So I wanted to give him the funds and meet him. So I I just traveled there um, by myself. And I also realized that that was actually on the map, the exact, where the research center is, the furthest place I could have gone from home, like a complete opposite side of the world. So I think it, but it felt, um, well, there was some reason I was really hard, but it felt just good to just, so I, I basically went from my bed to like New Zealand <laughs> or like to the other side of the world. And it felt really, um, yeah, good to just be away in a place where no one knows me. Um, uh, it, it, I know I was kind of like running from it, um, yeah. but it did feel quite, um, 
quite a bit better. Louis also always wanted to see New Zealand. So it felt like in a way like I was. That's awesome. And empowering too, right? You feel like, hey, I am doing this. I'm going all the way around the world (laughs) by myself. I was like, I'm out. I'm done with this. (laughs) And in my head, sometimes when I was there, I was like, I'll just stay here and like, you know, have a bunch of sheep or whatever, whatever they do there. Um, (laughs) I'll just move here now. But I didn't. I came back and then um, I traveled a bit more. Uh, And then I actually, then I went back to um, Google in December, which was, it was actually really hard because I thought I would never, ever come back to um, Ireland um, because we left it so abruptly, the, the two of us, uh, yeah. you know, for and I, this was like our home. So I it felt a bit weird coming back alone and I wasn't sure I was going to stay. But then, uh, but then, yeah, I, I had a really nice group of friends here and it felt nice to be around people you know, other than my family again, like I love my family, but I created kind of a life here. So it, it felt good to be around them in a way. Yeah. So I just, I, yeah, I decided to, to stay and, and kind of see day by day, week by week, how it went and still allowed myself to, you know, leave whenever I wanted to. Like if I, like in life, I've realized you can just, if you're really unhappy doing something or being somewhere, you just, you just leave like so I knew that that was an option um but at the same time I I felt okay most of the time so yeah I decided I'd stay here and see how, how I it think, goes. yeah like doing something like you did moving back to Ireland um is hard but you had those connections there already you had some friends but still it was far enough away from you know family and stuff where you could have that time to yourself it was a good mix right even though it was I think it was a good mix yeah and I would travel almost every weekend like I did I don't know how many countries I did in the first year I was just I was just traveling so much because I just wanted to get away and you know see and do as much as I could in a short period of time I guess I realized that life is really short so I should just do it all so I was just constant and that didn't give me a lot of time though to actually think about my grief so some days that really like bit me in the ass I guess um but some days it was just quite nice um yeah so yeah it was this was kind of like my home base while I traveled I I guess and while I just tried to process it all I mean I'm I did the same thing with the the traveling (laughs) I I mean and there's and there's actually just there's been research on it how um coping with grief and loss that you know, uh, travel is a really good way to heal. And yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, and it's, and it's a healthy way of coping with (laughs) what you're doing. I mean, travel, you're learning, you're seeing other things, you're opening up your world. And it's like, it's, it's just a good thing to turn to instead of these other unhealthy things that we tend to turn to, um, to cope, you know? Um, so did you, did, did you also do any reading or journaling or anything like that at that time? Was, yeah. Was it mostly just, yeah, yeah. I wrote, like, I wrote, I, I wrote what I would call a book, but I don't think I'll ever publish it because it's so personal, but I did, I wrote every day so much. Um, like I said, and I posted a bit of it on social media, but like most of it was just for me, but I thought it was really therapeutic to, yeah, to write it off. Um, so I wrote a lot. Um, I read a bit. I thought it was really, really hard to read in the first at least six months, to be honest. Like, I couldn't really read. I couldn't focus. Um, I got someone who sent me the book Option B in the first month, and which I think is a great read now. But I remember it took me, like, two years to read it because I was like, Option B? Like, <laughs> I, know. I want my Option A. Like, <laughs> I'm not thinking about this at all. Um so I uh, no, it took me quite a quite a, a, a lot a long time to start um, being able to just read. The best book I wrote though, and I I I, I think I've read it a few times, and I've asked a lot of my loved ones to read it as well. Is the "It's Okay That You're Not Okay" by Megan Devine? I think yes. that one's amazing. Yes, that was really really good because um, it just felt. 
I just felt so seen. Um, and I think any widow or person who's lost someone who's who they were very, very close to would feel very seen by that book because it's it just tackles a lot of topics that we don't feel comfortable talking about that much. Or like I said, we're a very positive, like I'm quite positive in general as well. And I think as a, you know, mankind is, you know, we tend to try to be as positive as we can, but that book is like, it's okay if you're not positive, it's okay if you feel like shit, it's okay if you're sad, it's okay if you're angry. Yeah. So I thought that book was amazing. But that one also took me like a year to start yeah. being able to. So yeah, it took me I quite know. some time. I know. I read so many books, but it was like, it's coming in and the information is in there somewhere, but then it's like, yeah. it's not in there. I don't know where it is, but I'm reading the words <laughs> off the page, but it, the information is lost. That was so aggravating because I was trying so hard. I was trying to read, <laughs> trying like self-help books, you know, and I'm like, I can't. It's so hard to focus. It's so hard. Um, it is really hard. Actually, I remember now I read quite a few. I had this uh, like the, in the first few months, I really wanted to believe that Louis was still somewhere. Um, mm. I am I am not uh, religious, although I do believe that there is something um, or I like to believe that. So I was reading a lot of like books about spirituality and stuff just because I I kind of needed that as well. Um, and I thought those were actually um fairly comforting sometimes um so that's Absolutely. actually now that I think about it that's the ones that I did uh read because I just I I needed that I needed the you know belief you. that you it's know, like I was I was looking for those <clears throat> excuse me I was looking for answers it's like yes where, yeah where did they yeah. go you know yeah <laughs> where did they go yeah. where I and I wanted to know and I wanted to read all about that like what yeah. are the options? What, you know, what do other people think happens? And and I did read a lot of those books as well because I felt like I would find an answer in there. And I, I needed like, I felt like I was just on this quest to find out like, where is he? <laughs> you know? Oh. Yeah. Did I, you find anything out? I did. For me, I, I definitely don't, I, I'm definitely not in the belief that the end is the end and and they're gone, you know, I, cause, be, because I just still feel such a connection and I feel like we're all energy. It's, it's all energy and he's still out there in some realm that's close that can come back and visit here and there. And I, I you know, I don't have an answer. No, <laughs> but I've um, yeah. kind of made up this this idea in my own head of what I think it is. And it brings me comfort. So I think that's what I've taken away from all of those books. <laughs> I think that's perfect. Yeah. I was looking for so many signs in the first few months. Like I also was very much, and I still like to believe as well that, you know, the end is not the end. And that I, I, I agree with everything you said. And I think that's a beautiful belief, right? Like if it brings you peace and, um, yeah, I think that's definitely what I want to believe. Yeah. And yeah, the sign looking, I was like writing them. They're like, oh, I saw this thing today. And like, is it yeah. Louis trying to communicate with me? <laughs> yeah. So that's the only books I read. Yeah. In the first few months, actually. I think I read maybe two or three. Not that I read like many of them, but I did yeah. read a few. But the journaling helped. The, the, the journaling helped. The journaling. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do that as well? or? Oh, every day. Every yeah. single day. It was just my way of, at first, it was just my way of talking to him, telling him about our day and what we did. And this, this was so funny. This is what Claire said today. This is what, you know, what we did and kind of like the things that he was missing, but still to share our life with him. And then it kind of turned more into my thoughts of what was happening and it, it, it kind of shifted a little bit. Um, but every single day I would journal every day that, that really pulled me through. Um, oh, for over a year, at least, I, I think I have my journals for like uh, probably three years. That was, um, a savior to me really was, was getting it all out. It was just another kind of creative outlet to get all those thoughts out. I think it's important. It's so important to do it. 
you know, another, yeah, part, of, another part of the healing process. <laughs> another one. Um, I agree. Especially if you're not, if you're not seeing a therapy or if you don't feel, if there are certain things that you don't feel comfortable saying out loud, but you do have to get them out there. I think that's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, very helpful. Well, I want to shift a little bit to lovingly box and we can start talking about that. Um, when did you, uh, get this idea? When did that start? Yeah, so it started um, around, I think, around Christmas 2017. So around the time that I okay. went back to Dublin. But I I was just, like I said, I was really trying to find, and that's why I was doing the cancer research, um, like raising money for that. And I, I've still been doing that for the last few years. But I really wanted to find something that gave my life and like experiences a bit more meaning even though I did really love my job at Google as well I just wanted to you know do something that was more me um and I just wanted to find a way of um helping people in a way so and also actually because I remember I don't know if it was the same for you but I um during my grief, I got a lot of like flowers. I think I did anyway. I can't really remember. I think I got a lot of flowers, um, but you know, they die so fast. And and the things I've mentioned during the call already were like during this podcast was like the book I got or like books, uh, you know, massage, like those are the things that stuck with me. So I was just thinking there must be a better way of supporting people who are either caregiving or grieving then just, you know, flowers, which I also love, by the way, I love flowers. There's flowers everywhere around my house, but they die, you know? So I don't, I didn't think that was the most, um, the, the best thing to give. So I, yeah, I started thinking about it in December. Um, I didn't really know what it would look like. It took me about a year and a half to, or two years. I don't know when I actually then started shipping out boxes. So lovingly box actually for anyone who doesn't know <laughs> is it's care packages that you can just send out to support people who are going through a difficult time. Uh, and that can be grief or caregiving or, um, you know, any sort of disease or even just like if they're just having a bad week or something or, um, yeah, heartbreak. Like there's so many difficult times in our lives where we need to feel supported and loved. And the whole idea around the boxes is that they're not there to, you know, enforce any sort of positivity. They're more there to remind you that you're loved and that it's okay if you're not feeling okay, or it's okay if you're feeling angry or if you want to cry, like all those things are okay. So yeah, I think I launched about two or two years after I first got the idea, just because it Okay. I was traveling a lot and it took me a lot of time to just conceptualize what it would actually look like and find products that I thought would fit well within the story. Um, yeah. But yeah, when I did launch, I, uh, I remember I got my first order like maybe two weeks after I launched. It was for the US actually. Um, and I was just so happy. I was so happy. And um, yeah, I got like one order every week or every two weeks, but I was always very like, grateful that someone would choose my company to, you know, send love yes. to someone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what are some of the things that go into the box? <clears throat> so, um, uh, well, the first thing that I actually bought, uh, and my, one of, yeah, the, the, is the one I mentioned already before is the book. It's okay that you're not okay. So that's mm. one of the things that you can put in the box. So any sort of books, there's actually quite a few books now. I also have, um, you know, read the still you believe it, which is just a book full of quotes that just, you know, help remind you that whatever you're going through, it might like, it's just now, like maybe tomorrow you feel a bit better. Um, I also have a lot of uh, notebooks. So it, like you and I, we loved writing off our grief or our, mm -hmm. our thoughts. So uh, you can write them down. There's chocolates, there's candles with like loving messages on it. There's teas that can help you, you know, relax or um, sleep better or, um, you know, find a bit more energy if you need it. 
there's stress balls, like there's a bunch of things that can just help you during different emotions. Okay. And you can build your own box. Like people can go to the website and they can do pick their own individual items, right? Yeah. You can build your own box or you can, uh, and just put any items you want, or you can buy the ones that are pre-made. So I have the, it's okay that you're not okay. And then we have, it's okay to stay in bed all day. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel angry. Um, it's okay that, to feel things. Yeah. yeah, you have that book, um, Love Never Dies by Lorna Gibson. Did, yeah, you, that one's beautiful. Oh my gosh. That is, <laughs> it's so great. It's for anybody who doesn't know about it, you read this little book. It's very, it's a tearjerker. It's going to get you, but it's, <laughs> it's a it really, is. Yeah, really good it book. Is. I think it was initially for maybe, well, for more for children, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, cause it's just, it's just very pretty and the pictures are, but yeah. it's so, so touching. And so yeah, full of hope and love. Like you can really feel it from every page. It's a very, very pretty little, little book. Yeah. It's it, yeah. It is so that one for children, <clears throat> but the illustrations and just the, the, the wording, i just love that one too. Um, yeah. you mentioned the other books. Um, did you, okay. So you said you, you shipped to the U S as well. Yeah, we used to, um, I stopped during, uh, well, we stopped during COVID just cause the delays were mental. Like it would take two months for something to arrive. And uh, that's just not ideal when you need something uh, quite fast. Okay. We started, we started again about a week ago. Um, <clears throat> but shipping costs are not. Um, in full disclosure they're not super cheap to the u.s though because we are quite far um but we do ship to the u.s if you really want to send something you can <laughs> okay. okay it's an option yes it is um, yeah. and then tell us because this last summer your boxes were in stores in dublin right tell us about that that's yeah. so exciting i mean this is a new business it's <laughs> really because when you said you you were thinking of it in 2017, I was thinking, okay, it's been around a few years. No, this is like just last year. So yeah, just how exciting is that? How did so you get excited. that to happen? <laughs> I, mean, I, have, I, don't, I don't know. I, maybe my uh, Louis is sending me a bunch of uh, lucky stars. I don't know. <laughs> I like to hope so. He's, uh, yeah, he's watching over me. Um, oh, yes. No, I the the um, someone who um, works at the company actually, so at the at the store, uh, not in the store, but for the store, um, they reached out to us and they said that they chipped the boxes to some of their friends and that you know the reactions were always very um, emotional and very like grateful, like a <laughs> yeah. a very good reaction. So she asked, uh, "Would you be?" Um, would you be interested in partnering with us um, and selling your boxes in the, uh, in the store? And then, yeah. And then, yeah, I was like, wow, it's a very beautiful store as well. It's a, it's a really, and we got a beautiful um, display, like an actual, quite a oh big corner. Um, so yeah, I, it, was, it was such a moment seeing it um, like in real life, you know, cause it's one thing to ship them, from your office and, and, you know, from the warehouse, but actually see them, um, the whole display, like was quite a, that, that I, I know Louis would be very proud of that. That that's. One, oh my that's gosh. Sure. Yes. Wow. He loved that story as well. So that's, that's another <laughs> see, thing. That's, so, yeah. that's definitely yeah. not, that's. That was really cool. Yeah. We're still there. We're still there for anyone who is in Ireland. We are still there. Um, yeah. Wow. And so a percentage does go <clears throat> to the Irish Cancer Society, right? Yeah, 15% of our profits uh, go to the Irish Cancer Society. Um, <clears throat> just because I, yeah, like I said, I my whole life I will try to raise money and awareness for cancer research and better care and support. So, yeah, we do we do that for every box yeah, that we sell. All right. And are you, so are you doing this business all by yourself? It's just you. It's like, mainly just me. It's okay. mainly just me. I have, yeah, it's a lot of work, <laughs> yes. but it's good. Um, it's good work. It's very fulfilling. Um, I have quite a few teams that do other different things, but they're not with me 
physically. Yeah. Um, and then we have my fiance. Um, so not Louis, but I, I got engaged again. Um, about what, one month are we now? About ten months ago. Ten months ago. Okay. Yeah. Ten months ago, I got engaged. Um, and he's been really helpful as well. So he's been helping a, a lot as well, especially um, in the beginning when I was still combining both Google and uh, and Lovingly. It was it was a lot. Oh yeah. So he was really helpful then, um, and still still today. So I'm very lucky to have him. I am considering hiring at least one more person or two more people, but it's just um, it's scary hiring someone, right? Because you have so much uh, responsibility for that person's livelihood and like everything. I so I know. <laughs> yes. I, I I definitely think we're ready as a business. I just need to, you know. So get how there do you, emotionally. How do you feel like? Do you feel like this? Um, I don't even want like this is a, a career change for you. Like, how do you feel like this has helped you heal? It's just it, it's more fulfilling and more meaningful and you get that side of it too but now it's become uh, a new career for you like this is it's incredible it's felt yeah it's a whole new career I was in yeah I was doing uh, marketing at Google before so it's just apps like I yeah I think there is not many like it's completely different um it's just it even when I was at Google um I always, even when I, like I said, I would have like one order a week or whatever, I always get, it's just a, like, I just feel so more, so much more fulfilled um, doing it. Um, when I get nice messages, uh, it just, yeah, it just really warms my heart and like makes me believe that maybe I'm helping in some way. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's just, yeah, Absolutely. it's just really... It's also scary though, because it is such a personal business. Um, it's like I so personal um, that I think if I ever get something like a really negative message or review, um, that would really hurt. So it's a bit of a. I'm always a bit scared as well of like when is that going to happen. Um, I don't think so, that's ever going to happen. You are you are oh, there's, there's gifts some angry and spreading people. joy. <laughs> There's, <laughs> there's some angry people out there sometimes. Oh, so you never know. You never know. So, it's a risk. Yeah. It's a risk, you think. It's a risk. Obviously, it's normal. So you're engaged now. Can we talk about that a little bit? I mean, do you mind talking about that and sharing that? That's so exciting. No. So exciting. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, yeah, no, of course I can share about that. Uh, okay. His name is Chris. He's... Um, he we both live in Ireland uh now he's Norwegian initially um and he's a very very uh kind and understanding man but he's also just a just like a um like a but like he's just joy like for me he just represents joy like he's just a very very happy person but not like fake happy he's just genuinely quite a happy and easygoing person so um I just I remember just wanting to be around someone like that because I was not as much um, like I think I am in general quite a happy person but there have been like obviously a few years ago I was very much not and so I was just thinking initially like oh I'm gonna start being around this guy just because then he can like some of his joy can like <laughs> rub off on me almost you know <laughs> and I can get some of it um, and uh yeah i did and then yeah in the process of that we kind of just fell in love um a bit already before and then you just decided okay i'm gonna start hanging out with this guy because he's a happy guy <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly that's it and yeah. in full yeah. disclosure i was also feeling uh quite lonely like um mm -hmm. You know, when you lose someone that you're with for so long and so close, like, yeah, after a while, I, I just wanted to be around people because I was feeling like I, I can't just be just alone. So I was like trying to, you know, go to restaurants and bar, like just be outside as much as I mentally and physically could. Mm -hmm. 
and often that would be with friends and then yeah in the process of that I fell in love that's so great that's I'm so happy for you that's so great. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> yeah I'm not I'm not sure I would have stayed in um Ireland if I didn't uh, like you know mm. have someone here that I fell in love with yeah okay yeah I think that's yeah it's a big part of where you choose to live yeah so you the plan is to stay there a while yeah yeah I think so yeah we're getting married in Ireland next year um so yeah it is and my business is here like lovingly is here so and I I do really I really love Ireland I don't know if you've been with I think this is like the nicest people in the world live here. So it's it's just nice to be around them. And uh, it's just a very easy lifestyle here, I, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. I used to live in Paris, so it's not very easy. And the people are not as nice. Like, they're nice as well, but okay. not as nice as here. So okay. it's just, yeah, we love living here. Yeah. I need to get to Dublin someday. It's on my list. Yes. <laughs> you, can come, you can come stay with me. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Okay, I'm going to leave it with this. Uh, what's one piece of advice? Because I always ask this question, but what's one piece of advice that you can give to new widows um, just to help get through? I know you've already given a lot in this whole podcast. But <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it would probably be one piece of off one. Um, yeah, just find your people, I think, if I have mm. to just give one and um sleep a lot cry a lot that's okay but mainly just find uh, eat remember to eat um pizza and just yeah find <laughs> pizza or whatever, whatever <laughs> makes you honestly like whatever like whatever you can get some sort of joy from just do that like anything if it's like traveling uh, to the other side of the world or if it's yeah. like eating like i don't know 5,000 calories a day. I don't know. That's probably not good, but whatever you find joy and just do that. But mainly just find, try to find your people. Um, if there's no support groups uh, of widows or other grievers around you, then use social media. Um, like I was using the weirdest hashtags, like, you know, not weird, but like, they're quite sad, like hashtag, you know, widow, just to find other widows and hashtag young widow. And yeah. so just, find your people because they that's will help advice. you so much that's good advice yeah. if you don't know where to look that's, that's good no oh, yeah use the <laughs> hashtags hashtag widow hashtag young widow hashtag life after loss um yeah. hashtag grief sucks True. it sucks yes hashtag caregiving yeah just yes. they're not they're not fun hashtags but they they allow you to find the people that you might really need to make it through your days. Yeah, so true. Okay, that's great advice. That's great. Julie, oh my goodness, thank you so much for talking to me today. I love what you're doing. I love I love the boxes. They're beautiful. Everybody needs to go and take a look at her website. And I love that you have found something like you're pouring your heart and your soul into something that is so meaningful and so fulfilling and it's bringing you joy and it's it's your new passion and purpose. It's, it's everything that, you know, <clears throat> that we look for. And it's a beautiful way of honoring Louie too, you know? But, I hope so. I hope so. Um, please tell everybody where we can find you um, on Instagram or um, your website and all of those places. Yeah. So it's um, lovinglybox.com um, all together uh, is a website and our Instagram is lovingly underscore box. Okay. And that's basically where you can find me. Or if you're in Ireland, you can find us at uh, Arnott's or Browntown's online, but that's it. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> in the go in person in the store if you're in Dublin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put uh, all of that information in the show notes so that everyone can look on there and know where to find you. But again, Julie, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been such thank a pleasure. So all right. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Okay, here are the takeaways from Julie. Number one, 
Julie's fiance, Louis, was diagnosed with stomach cancer at the age of 26. He passed away six months after his diagnosis. That was August of 2017. Number two, Julie became his caregiver at 26 and says that they were in it together every single day. She said if he didn't eat, she didn't eat. If he didn't sleep, she didn't sleep. She says she mirrored what he did and how he felt. Number three, she has a few pieces of advice to give caregivers. And the first one is to try, if you can, to disconnect in a way from the other person and make sure that you care for yourself, for your own health. Number two is enjoy the things you love and enjoy the little things like treat yourself to that piece of cake if you really want it and just be happy. And number three, find someone to share your thoughts and your fears, because a lot of times you can't always talk to your partner about those feelings that you're having. Number four, after Louie passed away, she found Instagram to be not just a great outlet for journaling her thoughts and feelings, but she also found a community of other young widows to reach out to. Number five. Julie did a lot of traveling in that first year. She said she needed a break and she needed to just get away and be in a place where nobody knew her or her situation. Number six, Julie found comfort in reading books about spirituality and the afterlife. And you know, when it comes to this subject, there is no right answer here. And we don't know the answer, but we can believe whatever brings us peace. Number seven. In December of 2017, Julie had the idea for Lovingly Box. She was looking for something to give her life more meaning and more fulfillment. And Lovingly Box is her care package business for caregivers or people who are grieving or sick people or anyone going through a hard time. Number eight. Julie puts a number of different products into her care packages. She puts books and soaps and tea and chocolate and so many other things. You can go to her website and uh, you can actually create your own box of things. You can go to www.lovinglybox.com or check her out on Instagram. That's lovingly underscore box. Number nine, 15% of the profits go to the Irish Cancer Society. Number 10, Julie started dating a man named Chris, who she was attracted to because of his positivity and his joy and his happiness, and she is now engaged to Chris, and they are getting married next year. Number 11, Julie's one piece of advice to new widows is to find your people and find what brings you joy. And I totally agree with Julie on this advice to other widows about finding your people, like find that community and get that support from other widows who are experiencing the same feelings that you're feeling, because it's going to make you feel less alone. And you are definitely not alone. I encourage everyone to join our Facebook group. That's Widow 180 Community. And follow us on Instagram at Widow180. And just reach out if you need any help with anything. You can DM me or email me at Jen at Widow180.com. You guys, on this same note, the holidays are approaching very quickly. I cannot believe it. This can be a rough time of year for a lot of us. Last year, we did this Widow's Holiday Survival Club. And it was a small group of women, and it was just this magical, amazing group of ladies. And we came together to support each other through the holidays. And we connected and got to know each other and help each other through this time of year that can feel really lonely. And I'm doing the same program again this year. I'm very excited about it. There's going to be some changes from last year, but I would love, love for you to be a part of it. And I'll have a lot more information on this and a lot more details in the weeks to come. But you can get on the wait list now and get more information at www.widow180.com forward slash holiday. That's www.widow180.com forward slash holiday. That's it for me. Have a great weekend, you guys. Until next week, believe in the possibilities.
Thank you so much for listening to Widow 180, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you're seeking daily inspiration and guidance, you can follow me on Facebook at Widow 180, the community, on YouTube at Widow 180, the channel, and on Instagram at Widow 180. If you're interested in more grief and widowhood resources, including our latest freebie, How to Get Your Life Back Together After Loss, a 10-step checklist, head over to www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. That's www.widow180.com forward slash freebie.